this thing on? If you like rock music, punk, metal, or blues, then you've come to the right place because we like it too. And welcome to Soundcheck, everybody's favorite rock and alternative music podcast here at Central Michigan Life. I'm Ben Ackley, podcast editor and erstwhile co-host, and I am here along with my best friend in the whole world. Andrew Mullen. And my other best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Are we causing riffs already in the Soundcheck universe? And my other best friend. Michael Livingston. Oh. So, uh, let's cut the crap. This is the short songs episode, so I'm trying to be yes. as brief as possible. What, what do we have to talk about? Follow us on Twitter. S-Check Official. Follow me, Michael C. Liv. Uh, Andrew Mullen 4. Oh, God. Don't follow me. Um, all right. So, basically, the point of this episode is songs. Sometimes, <laughs> 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 songs. Sometimes they're short. Sometimes they're long. We're talking about the short ones today. Yes. But in all seriousness... The point of, of this episode is <laughs> it, it's, it takes a lot yes. to pack a lot of information into a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of musicians that can do that. And we're going to be highlighting some of those musicians today. And there are lots of purposes of short songs. Yes, you are a fan of short songs, Ben. Why are short songs important? At least uh, a few gems to have in uh, an artist's discography. I think that short songs, uh, they're, they're one of the best things that they can do is leave you wanting more. Mm. One of my favorite singles ever is, uh, is, uh... <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite single, Ben? It's my favorite single. It's my favorite single ever. It's uh, Rich Girl by Hall & Oates. Uh, okay. And that, okay. Song, that song is like two and a half minutes. That leaves you wanting more. Isn't that well, short in terms of Hall & Oates? Discography. Right. It's short. <laughs> yeah. But now we're talking about things that are even shorter. Uh-huh. Okay. What other why, uses? Why do you have to look at me right when you say that, man? Oh God. <laughs> this 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 up ep- this episode. I'm talking about my height. I'm only five six. Okay. Yeah. You're obviously gonna be on the cover. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. You're, you've seen Michael <laughs> on the art of this episode, and the most important thing oh. before we really get into the episode is that we were talking about short songs today. So this morning I had the idea. If we're talking about short songs, oh god. <laughs> what then is I this? should wear a short shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Show this off to the camera. So, Show it to the camera. <laughs> any audio listeners, uh, for, for the listener, I am wearing a uh, crop top, which is probably the first crop top in Sam Life history. Will this lose me my job? I don't know. Andrew's left the room. <laughs> he's, he's returning. He's returning now. Um, <laughs> well, I was about to quit, oh, but then I realized yes. I have nowhere else to be. <laughs> Y'all, we're recording at, at 7.45 at night on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. I had to come up with some way to inject some energy. Oh, I love you. I have... I, I literally don't even know what's happened the past, like, two minutes <laughs> of this episode. It's the short songs episode, baby. I didn't know this would be this hectic. This is a new experimental <laughs> format for Soundcheck where... Oh, God. I just keep talking and talking, and we see what happens uh, in the edit. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, I, yeah. Talk about some other reasons why short songs are great, Andrew. <laughs> Try to pick what, whatever the hell this episode is up. Um, so, you know, well, it's interesting, Ben, because I know we have often kind of lured you as the short song guy, and Michael, kind of the long song guy. I mm, guess I'm mm-hmm. the average song guy. Right. Eventually, we'll make a, a long song episode yeah. maybe one day and I'll be brought back for the the average length song episode yeah, it's right. Goldilocks and the Three Bears yes yeah. but you know the, the thing I'm curious about you Ben why do you personally favor the short songs I mean I know for instance from our Sonic Youth episode you really loved the Diamond Sea off uh, I think Washing Machine mm-hmm. which is like a 20 minute long noise rock epic right. that's something I would have expected you to really enjoy but uh, so I know you do like longer songs, but you tend to favor the shorter ones. Mm-hmm. How? Why is that? I think that it takes a lot of craft as a songwriter. And this goes for short and long songs, but for short songs specifically, it takes a lot of craft for someone to say, here's a minute. Look how much I can do in a minute. You know, Look how many hooks I can throw into one minute. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy that sort of songwriting and, and that sort of just perfecting a verse and a chorus and that's it, you know? And I see you're probably distracted right now, Andrew, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's, there's, there's a beauty to brevity to right. me, you know? Yeah. I agree with that because uh, I have my own reason why I like short songs. And yeah, we can label me as the long song guy, but like in actuality, I love looking at, um, you know, music in the album sense. So the short songs for me and what you're going to see from my picks are traditionally um, instrumental passages that occur, um, you know, crossing between songs on an album. Um, You listen to those songs in the context of the album and you feel more connected to it because of these instrumental bridges, usually very short, 30 to a minute and a half. You know, it's sometimes they can be repetitive. Sometimes they can just um, but sometimes it is like throwing hooks together and really uh, just driving the piece home in its entirety. Right. Um, you know, I think there's certain albums that we're going to talk about, like, you know, spoiler, Masters of Reality is one of those that has, like, you know, great instrumental tracks in there, short little bits that just make the album so much better. You know, so that's another reason why short songs are just amazing. So um, you're looking more at something that builds the atmosphere of an album. Exactly, yeah. And and most of that time, we talked about this a little bit in R.E.M. last week because it took R.E.M. a lot of time before they started implementing that strategy mm-hmm. to use instrumental tracks in their albums to kind of propel them forward a little bit. That Those are the kind of tunes that I'll be bringing today. Um, ben will kind of be bringing something from all over the place, but Andrew has a certain sect. Uh, yeah, well, uh, surprise, surprise, <laughs> the punk guy in the room, as I'm kind of been labeled at times. Right and, now you're a ska guy. <laughs> uh, well, hey, ska punk. Ska punk got the, wearing a Mighty Mighty Boss Tones t-shirt. They will not be appearing this episode, but uh, yeah, you'll surprise, you'll be hearing a lot of punk from me in this episode. That's kind of where my, my main focus will be. Um, on today's episode, which, and honestly, it's probably one of the reasons why I like short songs. It's, you know, because it's, it's the, uh, probably the genre I love the most, and, you know, a lot of those songs are notoriously very short. Um, not all of them under a minute and a half, which is today's uh, cap, uh, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, all our songs will be under a minute and a half. Um, and, no, not all punk songs are under that length. A lot of them are, and, you know, what I personally enjoy about them is that you almost... The fact that someone can create a complete song, almost a complete experience 
within a, such a short time frame. Yeah. And I'm always kind of in awe at times when artists can do that. So, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know, that's why I like short songs. Yeah, it, it, this will be the first time that the audience can listen to the entire song with us. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. We're, we're going to get DMCA so hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, YouTube, is, YouTube is going to spit this right back It happens us. every week. Uh, but this one especially. In, the, in this wacky and wild intro that we've had this evening... <laughs> I feel like the information has gone by the wayside, so let's recap once more before we get into the topic. Okay. So, our song limit is a minute and 30 seconds. No tracks over that, except someone might have pushed that envelope a little bit. Oh, it actually... Yeah, maybe a little. Um, But that's okay. Uh, So, nothing over a minute 30 in reasonableness. Um, We're all kind of bringing our different flavors. I'm sort of bringing mid tempo y or slower tempo stuff that is happens to be short. Andrew's bringing sort of the faster-paced punk stuff. Michael's bringing kind of atmospheric-sounding mm-hmm. things. Um, the other important thing setting-wise to mention is that our intros to our tracks, you know, the little what we say before we play, <laughs> is that cannot be longer than the song itself. Yes. The song itself is probably going to amount to we'll probably give it a, a good average at a minute <laughs> so yeah rest in peace for uh <laughs> Andrew well here. so our, our, with that being said let me jump again all right yeah hey, i think do we you can. need a minute to prepare yourself have uh, you figured out a script or anything like that i'll be timing this yep. i'll be timing Michael. all these so yeah uh it, the reason why they're giving me so much crap right now is that my first song is about 10 seconds long so thank you ben all right let's go Okay, so the band, Negative Approach, famous hardcore uh, punk band from Detroit. Uh, really cool. Here's a song called Pressure from an album I really like. Uh, it reflects my, my life as a college student. I can't take this pressure, pressure, pressure. My heart, my blood's already popping. Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> Good job, Andrew. Impressive. 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 Okay. I do like this song a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Not just because it's only 14 seconds long, but also it captures negative approach in that 14 seconds. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, very influential hardcore band. Uh, I mean, they have a lot of songs I could have put in this this episode. Uh, this one stands out because, again, it's ridiculously short. Uh, one of the shortest songs, I think, in my entire uh, song library. And, yeah, uh, I don't know. It, could, it just, like Michael said, it really captures them a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely... It is what I expected from you, for sure. I, have, I know nothing of negative approach, personally. <laughs> one of the but I liked that. They're one of the few decent punk bands that has come out of this state, you know, since like the proto-punk days. You have, I like, forgot they're Michigan. Wow. Y- yeah, um, I always get, oh, I think the Necros, I think that's, yeah. uh, no, I always get them confused because they're both like two um, bands that start with like the letters N and E, so mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, um, I got a pro, it's a pretty cool band. Yeah. Um, I would play this song a lot to uh, the editor-in-chief of CM Life if I could. Every time I have a deadline or <laughs> anything like that. Sorry, Isaac, if you're listening. But anyway, Ben, you're next. Okay. I, I have a long, long amount of time for mine, a whole minute and five seconds. So I'm going to take my time starting now. So the 90s <laughs> pavement. 
<laughs> I, I, I thought you're. Pavement is one of my favorite bands from the 90s. And this song I'm going to play you, I Love Perth, is a B-side um, in from the Wowie Zowie years, their most maligned, unfairly, record. Um, I don't know, it's catchy. I, I can do this in 30 seconds. Here it is. Okay, got a few things to say about that one. One, that didn't feel like a minute, and I think that means something. It felt longer than a minute, you know? Because, like, I think Stephen Malcolmus's like, voice and how it just kind of, like, eases through, you know, kind of very lax, it kind of slows the down the song down for the listener in kind of, like, this weird paradoxical way. Right. The, the guitars, um, how they're not really layered, they're just very, like... Um, you know, very striking, very like kind of bar chordy. You know, yeah. it's like that's one of those examples where all of the melody harmony is slowing things down, but it's Malcolmus's hooks that make the song so engaging in just that minute. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, in that in that period of time, you get what amounts to a verse, a bridge, and kind of a coda. Yeah. In all in a minute, and it really that's kind of what we're going to show here is that. Time is very relative, as Einstein once put it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so basically, I mean, yeah, that's a minute, but that song could be stretched out to three minutes, but why? Yeah. You know, it, it can get its job done in a minute. So just let it happen. Is Pavement do, known for doing more stuff like this uh, in the minute range? Because their songs can vary in length. It's re I mean, it's really, it, it just depends on the song for Pavement. They have some short stuff like this. They have some songs that will stretch to seven minutes you know mm -hmm. so it just depends um i i appreciate the song because it brought my heart rate down a bit after the previous entry <laughs> but um no I, I remember listening to payment for i think our overrated and underrated you know of the decades mm -hmm. episode mm -hmm. um a few seasons ago i remember enjoying them and this this kind of reminds me a lot of that stuff i mean it's a nice little happy song talking about how much they love this particular city in australia yeah i, I, I mean i can't really complain <laughs> it's pleasant i like it too Perth is one of the, those places that I've always wanted to go. I'll just I'll just let that slide in. Someday. Someday. All right, I'm ready. You have a minute and 30 seconds, Michael. Yes. Uh, 31 seconds, uh -oh, actually. I, I broke the rules a little bit. Sorry. He broke the rules multiple times. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, start the clock. Started. Um, so, yeah, like I said at the beginning of this episode, a lot of my picks are going to be instrumental passages that happen um, within the, the album in its entirety. 
And as I mentioned before, Black Sabbath does that perfectly, usually with uh, nice little acoustic ballads like Orchid, which I'm about to play for you in a minute. But I want to kind of explain why these sort of things are important. Um, when you have a memorable piece of music like um, Masters of Reality, a lot of people will tend to forget about this stuff. But usually you'll see these types of passages, instrumental passages, within the scope of the 70s, uh, 60s, kind of like before we switched over to the CD. And it's I look at them as like nice little relics of the time period. Um, you know, being able to just put that little bit of extra care into the record to put like a nice ballad in there acoustic ballad or you know they're playing around with synths or something like that to me that shows me that the band had fun recording that it showed me that they were they made it to represent that time period um and you know andrew's gonna play another one from masters of reality right after me and i don't know andrew do you want to say anything because your time is a lot shorter than mine um no go ahead okay I mean, that's uh, that's kind of pretty much it, but Orchid is one of the first instrumental passage I think I've ever heard in my life. Um, Time's up. Oh. <laughs> wow. That'll bring your heartbeat down the rest of the way, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you. As I was saying, I think that's one of the first instrumental passages I've ever heard in my life, and I remember listening to it on repeat when I was a child, hmm. just because it calmed me down. It was a nice little ballad. I think that you you bringing on Black Sabbath and Andrew bringing a song from the same album, it's really interesting because if you look if you want to look at short songs and where they were cropping up in popular music, if you start in the fifties. I mean, songs around two minutes or less were very standard, especially in doo-wop music um, and like 50s rock and roll instrumental stuff, especially like Link Ray. Mm -hmm. Then you move into the 60s, early 60s, you've still got that sort of sound. But once you get into the later 60s, we're still kind of focused on singles, but the bands are becoming, you know, a more, they're, they're becoming bigger deals. It's a bigger deal to be a rock band. It's not just a sea of artists. They're big rock stars. And then near the end of the 60s into the 70s, those short tracks come back more as interludes, like you were saying, on albums by Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and bands like that. Right. 
and then they return in full force in the punk era. Yes. Um, the one thing I'll, I'll say about Orchid, uh, I think it's a perfectly uh, lovely instrumental. I really enjoyed the picking and the uh, strumming on that song. Um, <clears throat> it kind of shows uh, kind of the uh, wide talents and array that uh, right away of talents that uh, Tony Iommi had as a guitarist. Mm-hmm. All right, Andrew, are you ready? Yes, I am ready because that is not the only instrumental interlude on Masters of Reality, as Michael mentioned earlier. Um, Masters of Reality is certainly one of my favorite Black Sabbath records, mainly because of one of the shortest songs on the album, clocking in at just under 30 seconds. Uh, it is basically the considered the intro to the song uh, Children of the Grave. Uh, the instrumental is Embryo. Um, it has a really cool harmony between i think the bass and the guitar i want to say i'm not entirely sure about that but whatever it is it sounds awesome and i've always loved this track let's hear it perfect Halloweeny kind of sound to yeah, it, right? Yeah, definitely. That could have started our Halloween episode, honestly. <laughs> it, it, it's it's really interesting. I have no idea. It sounds like a bowed string instrument along with a guitar. Mm. It's, it's got a really, really weird sound. Black Sabbath is really awesome about kind of making their instrumental passages like almost like medieval. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially in the Dio era. Yeah, you, you mentioned Halloween, and now I'm starting to think maybe it could also be possible. There could be an organ involved with this. I don't. It's it's really weird. Yeah, you know, it's, it's always sonically, it's always perplexed me in that way. I don't exactly know what's making these sounds. All I know is it's really cool sounding. I yes. don't know just the way it rings out. I don't know. It's really cool. Somebody research that and tweet at us. We're not going to do our homework here, so yeah. well, I, let I us tried know what else it up, is in there. I don't know. I'm He's... already producing and hosting. I can't look up Black Sabbath songs too. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But uh, yeah, no. It, it, this is a really cool um, instrumental interlude. I don't know. Um, you know, it's metal. A lot of metal bands tend to kind of like have these weird like interlude stroke like intro mm-hmm. like pieces before like a full. You know, quote unquote, full song. I know uh, Judas Priest did it with the Hellion. They introduced their song Electric Eye with that, but I didn't bring that one because that one really, like, directly ties into the start of Electric Eye. This one, Embryo, can kind of stand more on its own. Definitely. Speaking of standing on its own, Lobby Saphir was a, if I'm pronouncing that right, was a gay musician from the United Kingdom. Um, he released a handful of albums in the 70s, definitely 70s singer-songwriter sort of affair in a similar vein to artists like Cat Stevens, Joni Mitchell, things like that. Um, I would highly encourage you to check out all of his work, and if you need more encouragement than just me saying that, which you probably do, I have a nice, pleasant little 30-second song here for you from him called You're Lovely. lovely and I love you think of me I dream of you yeah 
I love Lobby, man. He, uh, th- this this guy has some strong connection to me because he's part of the uh, Texas Road Trip soundtrack. Definitely. Yep. Um, I was, I listened to pretty much that whole album, uh, the singer and the song, uh, along that trip. And it's just like, I, I compare it to like, that kind of like um, really dry acoustic plick, uh, plucking, mm-hmm. um, kind of like I equate that to driving along like the the Brazos River and yeah. going to national parks and stuff. It's like it's it's weird how natural that song sounds when it's recorded. So how do I put it? Dry. Yeah, I guess dry recording. I wouldn't call it lo-fi though. No, it's not. It's just there's not. There's not huge effects on anything he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's just very, it sounds like he's in the room. Sort right. Of. It's not atmospheric, but for some reason it it, it aligns with me as being an ap- atmospheric tune. You know what I mean? Right. And I would be remiss at this point um, to mention uh, that this artist was introduced to me and this episode topic was introduced to me by our mutual friend and your partner, Teresa Holmesy. There who may or may not be on the show at some point. Well, she was on the Halloween episode, wasn't she? Yep, yep. Um, they all were. Everyone. Everyone was on that. The whole CM Life gang, feels like. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Andrew? Um, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I did not know uh, Loppy v- at all. This was my first introduction, and I think this was a, a wonderful introduction to any artist as there could be. I mean, this is, I mean, this is probably the shortest um, to-the-point love song ever. You know, like... Hey, hey, you're lovely. I love you. You're cool. You know, just says everything a love song needs <laughs> yeah, to say, yeah, yeah. and then gets out. Yeah. I, it, you it, should write your own love song. Yeah, actually, like with that, those that's... lyrics. <laughs> when Lobby said "you're cool," that was yeah. the most beautiful part. I know. Of that she, time. I know Lobby did not say that, but, <laughs> but generally, I, that that that's that's the vibe. And you know, again, I really appreciate that I was able to just kind of say everything a love song needs to say. And you bringing that up out. actually brings up another interesting point of conversation, which is I'm the lyrics guy, right? I love yeah. lyrics. Mm-hmm. But even in this song, there's a lot to unpack. Honestly, I'm not bullshitting. I'm, you're I'm lovely. Listening. You're lovely, and I love you. That's straightforward. Straightforward first two lines. Yep. Think of me. I'll dream of you. Now we're getting somewhere where a lot of a lot of Lobby's music has a an undercone, undertone or overtone of melancholy, and I think that that comes into play there, where it's there's sort of a wistfulness to this love story or kind of a yearning to it or it's it's not complete yes these two these two patches of lyrics represent how lobby can make his songs sound happy and sad at the same time that is the case with all of these songs yeah uh, at least on that album so yes give it a listen Definitely. much much recommend all right as i do with this next song here which is definitely pushing the envelope on the time limit it's a minute 39 and I've t- I've talked about the microphones on this show before, and I will probably do it again. Speaking before I of, read here. Yeah, you should. Yeah. You should. I should speak into speak it. Speak into right? your microphone. Right. Yes. Uh, Phil Elverum is one of my favorite singer songwriters of all time. The microphones is one of the greatest lo-fi production recording of all time. Uh, these songs are beautiful. They're simple, but also extravagant. Um, this instrumental, literally titled "Instrumental." <laughs> is one of the most beautiful pieces of music I've heard. Um, And that's pretty much all I need to say.
What do you guys think? I I think that's uh, just another great example of um of uh, instrumental that you're bringing on today's episode, Michael. You got like this beauty kind of mixed with like this haunting atmosphere behind it as well. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, this is any everything kind of an instrumental uh, interlude track should do um, is kind of set that tone, set that mood, and um, yeah, I found this very pleasant. That's an interesting thing to bring up. Is is we've had a lot of stuff that sort. Do you think that there's one kind of mood that a short song can convey more easily than another kind? Is there is there one thing that short songs like this really excel at? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think a short songs can convey any attitude that you want them to be. I mean, we had uh, Pressure, which in 14 seconds conveyed everything you needed to know. You had, uh, you know, Embryo kind of making this haunting atmosphere, and you have this one creating tons of different atmospheres at the same time so no i think short songs can be treated like any other song you analyze at Mm -hmm. least in terms of mood there's there's no difference than when i hear you know you're lovely and i hear she loves you um from the beatles you know it's like it's still the same message it's still the same things one of them can just be put in you know 32 seconds right Andrew, these songs have been so soothing. I'm getting quite tired now. Please help. Uh, yes. All right. We're 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 gonna go back to not only um, uh, I got a, I got a minute and thirty uh, minute and twenty six seconds for starting me. now. Great. Uh, yeah. So like Ben just alluded to, we've we've been kind of hitting a lull here. Not 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 an issue, but let, let's pick things back up. We're not only going back to a fast song, but a very very silly song as well. Um, we're coming, this is the band, the Presidents of the United States of America, which honestly probably takes me longer to say than a lot of the songs we'll be playing here today. Um, if you don't know this band, do yourself a favor, get familiar with at least their self-titled debut from 1995. Um, they're most known for the big single Lump, which is off this record. Um, but the album itself, I think, is a wonderful 90s alt-rock gem. Uh, I, I, I really do enjoy this record. Uh, particularly the song that I'm going to play here today. It is a cover of MC5's classic song, Kick Out the Jams, another Michigan, well, proto-punk band in this case, but honestly, that has been just covered to death by mm-hmm. so many bands. Rage Against mm-hmm. the Machine, Blue Oyster Cult, you name them. Michael's band in high school. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you, every garage you know, punk band, even just garage rock band in general, has covered the song at some point. But uh, the President's version is probably my favorite cover. I adore this track so much. They changed the lyrics to, like, there's references to, like, perms and poodles and riding a rocket to Mars. It is just delightfully and here silly, it goes. and I love it.
Kick out the jams, brothers and sisters. That's that's, that's the lame <laughs> intro to that. But, um, but yeah, um, lyrically, attitude-wise, mm-hmm. that's the fun. That's that's just that's a very fine way to introduce yourself to this band. Yes, it is. I, so so the presidents of the United States of America are worth listening to. Andrew, I've always wondered. I'm not being sarcastic, despite oh. my tone. <laughs> no, um, I, for, at the very least, this, this the debut is. I don't, I don't know much beyond that record, but yeah, there's just it, like the, the the tone on this song is all over this record. Okay. You know, Kitty. Um, at first, it might seem like some weird, like, uh, like not so subtle innuendo stuff, but no, it's actually about playing with cats, and at the end. <laughs> Uh, like this means to the cat. I don't know. Like it, it's weird. Like this band's just weird, and it's they're gloriously weird. I love it. You're gonna realize there's a lot of similarities between the Flaming Lips and Presidents of the United States. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Sonically and lyrically, I've noticed a lot. Mostly because on my very first MP3 player, I had Lump, and then Peaches, and then uh, Race for the Prize all in a row, mm-hmm. and I couldn't see the name of the artist. It only played the song. So for a long time, I thought Lump was a oh, flaming lip song. Oh, yeah. Anyway, am I next? No, you're next. No, ben. I am Do next. Do you have anything you want to say about the song, Michael? Other than it sounds awesome and the bass is fucking epic. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. It's the short songs episode. It All right. is. And I could talk about how the singer of the Presidents of the United States of America played this weird, like, cross between a bass and an electric guitar, but I don't remember the name of it, so I'm not going to do that now. What I am going to say is... I brought the most basic pick that this entire season of Soundcheck has ever had. Um, it's the most basic thing I've ever done, is I brought a Beatles song onto this episode. Even if it is a relatively unknown Beatles song, and if it's technically the first ever hidden track on an album, because of course, Her Majesty was not listed on the back of Abbey Road original pressings. And here it is. Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she doesn't have a lot to say. Majesty's a pretty nice girl, but she changes from day to day. I want to tell her that I love her a lot, but I gotta get a belly full of wine. Majesty's a pretty nice girl, someday I'm gonna make a mine. Oh yeah, someday I'm gonna make a mine. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) This one's very similar to uh, You're Lovely. I mean... It's uh, it's short, it's sweet, it's a uh, stripped down acoustic, very simple lyrics. This one probably has, I don't know, what would you, if you were to analyze the lyrics on this one, Ben, similar to how you did with Lobby Song, what would you take away from it? I mean, that? it's not just a love song. It, it, it plays the same sort of trick that that Lobby Song does, where it starts off as a straight up love song, and then Paul's talking about how he's too nervous to talk to this woman that he likes, and he has to get drunk to do it, and... Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot more complexity to these little songs than it seems at first blush. I really just, I don't know, I like this one just for where it is on Abbey Road. It's after, you know, all the, the big epic, mm-hmm. huge song, and it was originally a part of it, actually. Um, and then it got put on the end of the tape to be cut off. The One of the engineers accidentally didn't cut it off, and it showed up on the record. And that's why it has that abrupt start and the abrupt end, and mm-hmm. I just... I don't know. It's it's just a really perfect song to me, and it's a really intimate little thing with Paul McCartney. He's my favorite, as we all know. Might come up later in the season uh, if we can find <laughs> someone who loves Ringo Starr. Tweet at us. Uh, we we want a Beatles debate. Yeah. Um. So is this not? So so this is, this appears at the end of the record after um the whole 
big like epic like suite that you know Paul wrote. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this is, but so it isn't like officially considered part of that. No, it's I'm, it was it was an accident that it was there, and mm-hmm. then it was added to the track listing after. Okay. But it was originally somewhere yeah. in the middle of that. Yeah, well, which is interesting because you know, like I, I think, and you know, maybe sometimes, especially for more casual fans, you know, they might the like the second half of Abbey Road might throw people off because of that. Personally, I love that whole suite. I think it's really cool. The end is, I think, one of the more underrated Beatle tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really interesting to hear this kind of like weird snippet of a song that's around that point of the album yet isn't considered part of that. It's just kind of odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just nice. It's it nice. very nice. What else is nice, Michael? MK1 by Radiohead. Go. Um, <laughs> in 26 seconds, I will say, or sorry, in one minute, I will say that this is from the disc two of In Rainbows, which is the best Radiohead album. I think we're all mature enough to have that conversation. Um, MK1 uh, uses elements from videotape, which people will know is probably one of the most emotionally impactful Radiohead songs besides something maybe like, you know, How to Disappear Completely. Um, the chords at the end uh, are a resemblance of that. And yeah, it's a beautiful, haunting, and lonely song. Here you go. Since Ben and Andrew were rudely talking during that, <laughs> you didn't get to fully experience Tom York's angelic voice. Oh, they did. Voice. I cut. I cut it out. They yeah. they they heard it all, <laughs> baby. Yeah, I just I I really love this track because it shows uh, Tom York's experimentation when it comes to his voice. You know, kind of looping and repeating them in odd time placements, um, and it somehow just comes all the way back together with you know those videotape chords just haunting over top of those. Um, we'll eventually have a Radiohead episode. I don't know if it'll be before Andrew graduates, but um, yeah, that's the that's the last bit of sad white boy music you'll get from me. I'll I'll have a good one Dude, at the end. But that was not creep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we finally got a good joke out of Ben. Oh hey, I'm wearing a fucking crop top for the show right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're okay, killing me. Well, smoke. that's well, that's a doubly burned my soul, Ben. I don't know if that's Gladly. good. Gladly, go on, Andrew. All right, let's well, keep this rolling. All right, well, we'll, we'll we're, I'm bringing it back to pure punk rock here, uh, particularly '90s punk. Uh, L.A. band The Distillers. If you don't know The Distillers, change that now. Brody Dale is one of the best front women singers. When I say front women, I'm not like just singling it out all like the female. Um, you know, performers in punk's history. One of the best just vocalist performers, punk period. I don't care what gender, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Uh, she's amazing. And 
if you don't know that, you just listen to the first two Distillers records. You'll learn why. Um, there, I was bouncing back and forth between two songs from their di- first record that I wanted to play. Old Scratch, which I kind of prefer because I think it has better hooks. But uh, the song I brought here today, Girl Fixer, I think is a more complete song. Uh, it's really awesome. has some cool lyrics. Um, yeah. Um, ben, why don't you play it for us? You got it. That's a really nice, crunchy vocal. Like, I know. I mean, just just listening to that, it's just it's very well produced, and it, it does that really subtle thing where mm-hmm. she's singing gruff, and then they sort of distort her vocal track a little bit too. I just I geek out over stuff like that. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I enjoyed this one too, Andrew. I think it goes back to what I was saying with Ben's first pick, to where it's it's similarly it feels longer than it is mm-hmm. because there's so many hooks and anomalies occurring in the track. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you can do that with something, you know, so, uh, you know, so stripped back like pavement, but you can also do it super fast. Even with the really speedy tempo, mm-hmm. it still feels longer than it is. Yeah. Um, it, it's so crazy because this is, I always forget that this record came out in 2000. This is the time when, like, Bands like Blink-182 and Sum-41 were wow. passed themselves off as punk. I'm sorry. Do, 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 Those bands suck. Don't, <laughs> don't get me started. I, they, they're terrible. But um, you have, do, like, do. this you have Brody Dale coming on and just, just destroying every band like that in, the, in, in a wake. It's just, it's so cool. Like, I, I don't know. Like, the fact they can just bring something this violent and just, insane and chaotic and just just like under a minute and a half it's just crazy so uh definitely wanted to make sure i brought at least one distiller song on yeah. this episode that rocked here's something that doesn't rock <laughs> so dan reader is a, a guy that was born in america louisiana raised in california and relocated to germany where he still lives today i think he's on john prine's rest in peace oh boy records um and he is kind of a master of the short song. He's a he's a sort of lo-fi. He records all of his stuff at home. He makes all of his own album art, for better or worse. Um, and he, he has a very interesting approach to the construction of a song, which you're going to hear here. He records really breathy vocals, usually at least double-tracked, if not triple-tracked. Um, his lyrics are usually have some element of humor to them, and if they're not humorous, they're weird. And if they're neither of those, then it's probably not a Dan Rader song. 
but he's he's a master of the short song craft and you're going to hear a little bit of that in this song from uh 2020 i think love and hate 59 seconds i got in at 55 love and hate go together You can kind of get a sense for his humor when he ends his song on the non sequitur of misplacing insurance papers. <laughs> uh, like, it's a song called Love and Hate that ends just in a completely different place. I mean, he has a song called Clean Elvis that's like two minutes, two or three, that sounds like it's going to be have something to do with Elvis, and it's really just about uh, killing aliens. <laughs> So, hey, but it's beautiful. I, I think there are conspiracy theories that Elvis was the very least abducted by aliens. Well, so, hey, may, maybe it's more connected than you think. Uh, apparently, this has now turned into a tinfoil hat <laughs> podcast. And that being said, <laughs> I should also say that I also enjoyed this song. Um, you definitely get a lot of the components of like country, you know, mm-hmm. folk that I really enjoy with this. Uh, it's a really like kind of like, you know, this slightly southern sounding like somber voice it's really interesting i I really like this one then yeah he's very whispery singer yeah Mm -hmm. and you know i talked about john prine earlier michael and i think we need to keep the r.i.p train rolling on the super villain the mad villain metal face victor vaughn king Ghidorah, mf doom behind all of those was Mr. Dumoulay. That is not only my preview to this song, it is also my tribute to him, uh, one of the greatest MCs in the game, and this song is called Supervillain Theme. Even though you didn't get to hear MF Doom rap on that one, that was his theme song off of Mad Villainy called Supervillain Theme. And, you know, what can I say about MF Doom that I didn't say in our Christmas episode? He was taken from us way too early. Um, I, we, I remember getting the text on New Year's Eve. Ben was there. I was just like, 
you know, how? How do we not know about this? Because this is, the news didn't even come out. He died on Halloween, but it didn't even come out until New Year's Eve. So it was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God. The one, one more was taken from us by 2020. Yes. And it was the worst one, at least for me. It was crazy. But uh, I love this song because, again, it's another instrumental one. It's the last instrumental you'll hear from me. But it kind of shows that in all forms of music, not just, you know, the rock and punk that we've been going into, you know, the technicianship that when it comes to putting a beat together is, you know, on hip hop, that calls for some great memorable short songs, uh, just small snippets of fantastic works of production. Yeah. So something else in mentioning that you bring up something important, which is putting a beat together is insanely difficult from someone who has poorly done it himself. Um, it's really, really hard. So a song like that, while it's, you know, 53 seconds long, it very easily could have taken hours and hours and hours to put that together, especially if someone inexperienced like me tried to do something like that. So there's lots of work in these few minutes of music that we're playing for you today. Yes. Um, I'm obviously the hip-hop noob. I don't really know much about it. <laughs> the obligatory Andrew going, I'm not the hip-hop guy, but... The noob. Go ahead, Andrew. I'm sorry. I was, just, well, I was <laughs> going to say, so I don't know much about MF Doom. But I do like this song. Um, I don't know. Like, um, I, Again, without hearing it within the context of the record, I don't know if I can fully appreciate yes. what this is. Mm-hmm. As with all, all your... Um, as with all your instru- all, all the instrumental interludes you brought today, Michael. But, um, yeah, I think the beat is very nice. I think this is uh, would probably serve as a great intro or kind of a you know bridge song between other uh, other tracks on this album. Uh, I'm sure this is not going to be the last time we're going to be talking about MF Doom on this uh, uh, during this season. Um, nope. There's a certain episode coming up where I'm probably where I'm going to at least be in kind of. Uh, acquainted with the one MF Doom. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. All right. Now you can talk about your favorite artist. Okay, yeah. Um, so my <laughs> last song, I picked it because I have absolutely no self-control whatsoever. <laughs> Funny enough, it's on an album called No Control. So you know what? Uh, I didn't realize that until I just said that. <laughs> We're talking about Bad Religion. Yes, my favorite band. Um, I won't go too far into like the the how the song plays into the concept context of the, the album because you'll be hearing me talk a lot more about this band and this album moving forward into the season um another spoiler for uh, a oh, future episode but uh the song change of ideas serves as a really good intro for the album uh i can talk a little more the lyrics after but just generally it's talking about how we as a society <laughs> humanity need a change of ideas this is one of the best songs ever written that's under a minute I will not argue that. Go. Well, the shames of all the brought, where the fields are washed away, and the palaces now stand where the governments are laid, and the times are ahead, when the slaves are those who use, but we don't wish to admit what it is we have to lose. Millennia is coming, the modern age is here, it sanctifies the future. Change of ideas. Change of ideas. 
That's that's the first time you brought on Bad Religion in a while, man. A long yeah. while. It, I haven't heard some good Bad Religion since we saw them live. Which yeah, I, yeah. They, they did not play this one, unfortunately, even though it's really good. <laughs> yes. That was such a good idea, bringing that song on, Andrew. Yes, please don't change that idea. What a good idea. <laughs> idea. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I actually did genuinely take me a second to realize why you were doing <laughs> Yeah, but... um. Yeah, uh, this song, uh, I think Surge is a good, good enough intro to Bad Religion in general. Kind of, kind of tells you um, everything that they're about uh, politically and uh, whatnot, mm. and I think says so much in under a minute, which is why I love it so much. That was our Bad Religion episode. <laughs> Moving and on. <laughs> That's not funny. You will not take that one for me. I will fight you if you try to steal it. For the listener, Andrew is leaning in across the table. He's about an inch from my face at this point. <laughs> that, that is that is libel, or is it, is it libel is the one you have to say it, right? Yes. Okay, as libel, Ben, and you know it. I'm like six feet, roughly. Watch Not the, really. Watch the video. These are the, these are all videos all on YouTube. True. You will see it all. Someone call Anyways, the police. Just, just move on. I will, let's, Your last picks. Let's... Uh, <laughs> I was trying to come up with some sort of transition, but I did not. Parking. You could say uh, Andrew's career is in combat Come now that he's. Oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Um, Parquet Courts is a modern, uh, like indie rock, a little punky in their early albums, uh, more new wavy in their most recent band. They're critical darlings, I think. Their albums have generally been received pretty well. Their most recent was great. I think that this first one, which I'm bringing a song in from, Light Up Gold, is really great. There were two songs I could have brought in that are short. This one and Caster of Worthless Spells. Caster of Worthless Spells is a great song. Um, and this one, Careers in Combat, is really, really good, too. It's sort of... It has kind of a political message. It, it kind of focuses on... Uh, you know, how people are forced into jobs that they wouldn't usually take because there are no jobs that they want. A career in combat because there's nothing else that you are qualified to do or nothing else you can do. Um, so... Hit too close to home, Andrew. <laughs> it's just, 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 you know what? It's just capitalism in a nutshell, isn't it? Capitalism in a nutshell and capitalism in a minute, seven seconds. Here it comes. <laughs> Reminds me of the pavement song from earlier. It's very easygoing and it, you know, paced well. 
but hooks are off the chart. It kind of feels, uh, that song I like a lot because it, it kind of feels to me like it rolls over you. Mm-hmm. Like it just sort of sweeps you away. And it, and it has that big, you know, deep chunk kind of guitar sound that that pavement song does. Yeah. It's, re- it's really, really thick. It's like sunbathing on the roof naked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, no, the, no. This was yeah, this was also a very nice song. I was not aware of the uh, deeper meaning behind it, and now I have an even greater appreciation for the song because of it. Um, I remember because you brought you brought this album on in our uh, best of the decade uh, episode. Yeah. I think you named it as one of your favorite records of that decade, and I have to say, I had a lot of. I remember I having a lot of fun listening to it. I think both me and Michael first heard it when we were driving a car and it was just a, a blast. This isn't quite as explosive as those no. other songs, but it's still very pleasant enough. Yeah, I have a I have a very, very fond connection to this album and my freshman year, as I'm sure I talked about there, where I just rode my bike all over the place and listened to this record and it's it's great in its entirety and it's it's great in just a minute sampling that you got there. You want to close us out, Michael? I would love to. Uh, this is the last song that I have brought to you, and it's not an instrumental. It is, in fact, by an artist band named The Folk Implosion, um, headed by <laughs> Barlow. Uh, <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face anymore because every feels like every recommendation I have is somehow tied to Dinosaur Jr. But this is uh, The Folk Implosion's first record, Take a Look Inside. This is the title track called Take a Look Inside. It it's one of those songs where I remember the verses better than the chorus because it's just so catchy, so much hook, so much everything you need in a short song. Minute 16 seconds. Let's go. On my knees before the angels, cut me up and take a look inside. Very nice, Michael. That's an interesting song because if you listen to the verses, they sort of have like a synth poppy without the synth kind of thing going on with mm-hmm. that melody and that sort of throbbing. And then you get to the chorus and the lyrics sound like they're from like some 60s psych folk song. Mm-hmm. It's um, very nice. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot too. It's probably my favorite one that you brought to uh, today's episode, Michael. Figured um, it would be. <laughs> yeah, but you know it's interesting because I, I was like, where have I heard the focal potions before? But after you met, just mentioned Lou Barlow, I was like, oh yeah, Lou Barlow's talked about the Spain interviews. He, he yes. was a part of it. Um, not quite the full as folkly as I imagined with all that electric guitar, but still, not an issue. Very very nice. I really like those hooks and just another great example of how much you can do in under a minute and a half. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
And I would also say that the Folk Implosions uh, rest of their discography was recently added to Spotify. Much like my recommendation. Much, much like your recommendation, but <laughs> we're not going to recommendations yet because okay. you talked about Lou Barlow and I thought about this. So, Andrew. Yes. From the years 2009 to 2014, something existed called <laughs> the Weezer Cruise. <laughs> okay. This was where you'd get together with a bunch of other Weezer fans. Okay. For like a week. Okay. And listen to live shows of Weezer. Sure. This relates to the topic in that Michael brought up Lou Barlow and yes. Dinosaur Jr. was there in 2014. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to bring up the Weezer cruise and say, would you go on the Weezer cruise if you could? <laughs> Why this is, I don't know what this has to do with short songs. Would you or would you not? Well, it was, this was... This uh, is our new segment. Well, unfortunately, that was during the time frame where they released Ratitude, so no. Wow. Because, Andrew would not go on the Weezer Cruise. Because if I have to listen to Can't Stop Partying live, I would never be clean again. Let it be known, on the night of, fe- of uh, February 21st at 8.43 p.m., Andrew has admitted he would not go on I the mean, Weezer Cruise. I mean, if it was nowadays or if it had existed before 2009, yes, how I would have. How, how can you assume that they were playing Ratitude Era stuff? Well, I mean, it, it's a given that they're going to at least try to play a the couple joke's songs on you, from the new Andrew, records. they were okay. playing all of Pinkerton. Oh, well. I like Blue better. Wow. That, I'm, I'm just going to... Wow. Andrew's leaving for the second time. This is a new record. New record. Michael, would you go on the Weezer cruise? <laughs> I would buy a ticket and be at the boat before it even leaves dock. Mm-hmm. I would be so ready for the Weezer cruise... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would buy two tickets, but here's what I'm one, one for me and one for my Weezer record collection. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, and also, here's an interesting fact. Okay, Rivers. There's a video from I think that year of Rivers reading his diary from the time that Pinkerton was <laughs> was recorded. What, what does this have to do on with stage short songs? for 40 minutes? It doesn't have anything to do with short songs, but I figured. <laughs> That you didn't know about the Weezer cruise, and I just had to tell you. Well, and, you know, since that's a cardinal sin. Right, and now uh, <laughs> we've, we've of course, shown that you have no business hosting this podcast because you wouldn't go on the Weezer cruise. Well, um, it, again, it was if it was that time, whatever. Anyways, point is, listen to our Weezer episode if you want to see a friendship nearly end. The point of this short songs episode <laughs> is to listen to the Weezer episode. <laughs> And uh, on that bombshell of whatever the hell this episode was, short songs, they're cool. Short songs, they can be short, they can't be long, but they can always be good. Michael, let's hear your recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) Today I'm recommending Hypnotized by Spaceman 3. Uh, one reason because I've been I've been diving into the Spaceman Three discography a lot this past year because it was recently all added to Spotify. Um, it must be answering some sort of prayer. But this particular song is taken from a newer uh, EP uh, called Hypnotized, and I brought the title track just to kind of show you the the crossover that this band's able to do between keeping it classic with that '60s psych sound 
but innovating, uh, tying their own uh, flavor of shoegaze and atmospheric music. The experimentation's incredible. This song has some great horn in it. So, I, I, yeah. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> Here I'm it so, is. Yeah. hypnotized i don't know about y'all um yeah i'm very hypnotized and very happy brought on spaceman 3 because i really like them too they're kind of a bit underground but now a cult band uh that a lot mm-hmm. of people know about great influencers i'm so oh, i bet yes. drone and probably showgaze because i have to play into my gimmick um, see that's something someone that wouldn't go on the weezer cruise would say <laughs> yes Great influencers would Why don't be on you the show gaze yourself the door. Well, you know what, and I, Michael, whoever you are, I still have to get my recommendation. Okay. But no, but, seriously, I'm trying to compliment your recommendation you, because you. Spaceman Three, really cool. I think I found first found them in like an old fan scene, like an old copy of Flipside. And I was like, well, that's a cool name. I want to know what that is. And yeah, it's probably the most unique band you'll ever hear. If you go check them out, they recently had to Spotify, like Michael said, really good. Very mm-hmm. good. Okay. Um, my, my recommendation is in a similar vein to Michael's in the reason that I'm bringing it on. Um, not really in the music, but, uh, so the music of Richard Hell is near and dear to my heart. It's along with him and tough darts and television. Those are kind of my top three of the, uh, CBGB scene in terms of just nearness and dearness. Um, and recently, out of nowhere, a few weeks ago, Destiny Street Complete was uploaded and released. That's a box set um, remix, remaster, repair uh, demo set of Richard Hell's and the Voidoids' uh, second and final album, um, Destiny Street. Uh, so in like the 90s, 2000s, uh, it, it originally came out in the 80s. Richard Hell was heavily into heroin at this point, so there was lots of Robert Quine, my personal favorite guitarist, just sort of noodling and noodling and putting on guitar part after guitar part. It's a very sharp-sounding record. It's kind of shrill at sometimes because there's just not a lot of depth. There's a lot of really high guitar parts that are stacked on top of each other. I thought the original record was good and the songs were really great. What it needed was a remix. That couldn't happen. So then in the 90s, Richard Hell found tapes that just had the rhythm tracks and he said, well, I'll just re-record the guitar parts and re-record the vocals. That happened. That was Destiny Street repaired. It's not great because his voice wasn't great at that point. But then they found, um, I think, five of the six multi-track tapes recently. So they were able to completely remix it. It sounds very, very clean. The song I'm going to play for you is a cover of a Bob Dylan song from the album Planet Waves called Going, Going, Gone. And 
Spoiler alert. I like this version of this song better than the original Bob Dylan version. Oh, wow. So that should tell you My everything that you need to know. And here it is. Richard Hell doing Going, Going, Gone with his Voidoids. Destiny Street Remixed. So Richard Hell is closing the book on the pages and the text. You should be opening his book, I Dreamed I Was a Very Clean Tramp, which is a part fact, part fiction uh, autobiography that I enjoy quite a bit. It's one of my favorite books, um, or at least it was the last time I read it. Don't quote me on that because maybe it stinks and I just remember it from high school. But I think it's pretty good. Andrew, would you like to talk about your recommendation? Yes, yes I would. So, I'm going to kind of throw a curveball here. Uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of punk music. Maybe it's time to lighten the mood a bit. And I'm going to bring Shock of All Shock, another happy song, into the recommendation. What? <laughs> yes, I, I am able to feel emotions of joy and <laughs> laughter and just similar positive feelings. Um, and we're going to bring one of my ultimate happy songs on here. Mm. Uh, um, the, the artist, Mary Lou Lord, um, she's been a solo kind of acoustic but pop rock ish artist he kind of bounces back and forth kind of performing uh d- d- these different genres um since the mid 90s honestly she's been around music for a long time yet never really garnering a whole ton of success from my understanding i mean she only has like nine thousand something monthly listeners hmm. on spotify which surprises me because i think uh i don't know her music extremely well but what i've heard is really good um i don't remember how i discovered this song in particular but her song Lights Are Changing from her debut record released in 1998, the year I was born, which is insane to think that I'm as old as this song. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like it. It's just been with me for a long time. If I'm feeling elated for some reason, I <laughs> this is what I go to. This is, this is the song to keep me happy or to make me happy. So uh, here we go. Ben, would you mind playing it for me? I'm excited to hear this.
who are you again? <laughs> is this Andrew Mullen we're talking to? Yes, yes it is. Right. I just got a beautiful image of you driving like with the sunset coming down. I, I was only driving you're, to like a sunset earlier with the Dude, the your luscious hair's flowing in the wind. Well, I'll have a convertible, but that's not happening. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I don't know. I've always loved the song. I don't know. It gives me a kind of obviously the gym blossoms. I know it's wow, what great band. I, I, I personally like the gym blossoms. And I know this There's music's not. There's wrong con- with the gym blossoms. I. I, I I agree. I really like them, and I know it's this kind of this kind of sound isn't for everyone, but you know I I think this just it's it's got a vibe, you know. I really liked that. Wow. Like a lot. I, I was wondering. Um, it's a it's sort of a it's not necessarily the same vibe. But have you listened to Lucinda Williams at all? Uh, I have not. She's like a um, like alt country artist from like the mid nineties. Dirt wheels. Uh, Dirt wheels on a gravel road is uh or car wheels on a gravel road okay <laughs> dirt wheels is uh her album from 2006 that's really really excellent listen to a song like drunken angel or too cool to be forgotten for a similar oh. vibe to that maybe a little more melancholy but yeah i really i don't know I, I can really dig that kind of a production and that kind of a song every once in a while for sure i like that a ton so what did here, here comes our next new segment um what did we learn today <laughs> I wasn't even aware this was a segment. This is our next new segment. Yeah, yeah. That's this has been two new segments so far this episode. What did what did we learn today on this episode, Michael? Ben looks great in crop tops. Andrew, what did we learn today on this episode? My eyes have been scarred by Ben in in a crop top. (laughs) So basically, the thesis statement of this episode is that I wore a crop top. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, if if you have neglected to watch the video version of these episodes up to this point, I would love to direct you to the Central Michigan Life YouTube page where you can find this and many other videos. Oh my god. Uh, You're really a professional, man. And of oh course. God. Um, as always. No, 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 hold on. Let's oh. let's talk about next week's episode real quick. Cuz oh, yeah. y'all may be accusing us for phoning it in this episode. It's a simple no, this... idea. It but in actuality, we got a slam packing yeah, metal sure. episode so, <laughs> coming up. We, we, we do. Um, and we actually teased at the end of last week's episode. I do apologize for uh, changing schedules. We had some collecting stuff. And we also want to take a little extra time to get next episodes right. Because right. um, I'm really excited about this one. We're talking about my favorite genres in all of music. We're, we're, spent, we're dedicating the entire episode to thrash metal. Particularly mm-hmm. thrash metal. Beyond the big four. Yes. But stay tuned for that one. Right. As always, good, good night, night Detroit. Detroit. Rick Wakeman, eat your heart out. Here we Woo. go. Of course, yeah, everyone, of course, next week, listen to hear if Ben Solis would go on the Weezer cruise. And we will be checking in week after week to see if Andrew's changed his mind about the Weezer cruise. <laughs> what, what, what year are we talking about? 